The comfrey roots she was talking about, can you mix comfrey roots, slippery elm, and white oak bark and make it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, comfrey root, not the leaf. The root is for the bowel. Leaf is more for upper part of the body. You'll find that when we get into herbs that the roots work more on the lower part. And leaves and things that work on the upper part. There's no mistake here. God kind of knew what it was doing there. Um, marshmallow root isn't a specific so much for the bowel, but it is good for the sphincters, especially the ileocecal valve. Ileocecal. You remembered ileum cecal, but it's ileocecal technically. All right. It's specifically for the sphincters throughout the body. That includes what? Cardiac, pyloric, ileocecal. It's very good for those. Um, apple is a wonderful substance for the bowel. Why? Because of the pectin, which feeds the bacteria. Of course, we try to eat organic as much as possible. Psyllium hulls are good for the bowel in the sense that they create an exercising effect on the bowel, and they also are like the scrubbing bubbles. They kind of scrape that garbage out of the folds and the pockets and all that. They help to carry moisture and hold moisture in the body so that we can loosen that uh, stuff out of the intestinal tract. Anything yellow, any yellow foods are very good for the bowel. Yellow foods are good for the bowel. Squashes, wonderful for the bowel. Yellow sunshine. I was talking to Jason about this. I said it's the most wonderful food and nobody eats it. Eat some sunshine. Swallow some sunshine. Breathe some sunshine. It is a powerful food and you're going to learn partly today and tomorrow exactly what it means which we're going to maybe hit on a little bit about right now, too. All right, anything else you wanted to add about helping the bowel? Yes? Magnesium foods are... Watercress. There, there are so many foods that have magnesium. Here. Let me get this. Oops, I'm sorry. I got food back here, too. Oh, this doesn't break it down. I thought this had all the magnesium foods. Yellow sunshine. That's right, Danny. It's one of the best ones. You see, this is my signed edition. This was the very first one off the truck. I took this very first one. It says Bill. And call me Bill. I got upset. It's not, Bill. A good mind in a chemically balanced body. All right. Real quickly, we'll go through the magnesium foods. And what did I tell you, Jason? The best physician is one who does what? Thank you, Jason. This is why we wear name tags. In case you forget who you are, look at your name tag. Nuts and whole grains, unpolished rice has 11 times the magnesium of polished rice. Rice polishings, it's one of my favorite foods. We make gravy at home with rice polishings instead of flour. Rice polish by Jolly Joan is the only company I've ever seen. It's one of the most wonderful. You know, magnesium is what element? Relaxing element. So what vitamins do you think it's high in? B-complex. It's the highest ones in B-complex. Rice polishing. Wonderful nerve food. They need magnesium as a coenzyme in order to function. It's called rice polish. Rice polish. Looks like Polish. Rice polish. 
Jolly Joan is the only company I've ever seen that produces it. Nobody knows. It sits on the shelves for years because nobody knows what the heck it is or what to do with it. And it's the most wonderful, inexpensive nutrient for, for your nervous system. And you're going to find nerves are the first thing we're going to take care of. Wheat germ is high magnesium. And never forget, Danny, but what else is yellow that is a good food that's real high in magnesium and nobody eats it? Down south they used to eat it. I had some last night. What did I have last night? You were with me. What did I eat? No, and then I said, oh, this is my favorite. It oh, 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 supposed to file this in the memory. Next time I come, you have yellow cornbread baked for me. <laughs> yellow cornmeal. Cornbread, cornmeal is wonderful. Wonderful if people with bowel problems will have cornmeal mush for breakfast every morning in a short period of time. It helps those bowels tremendously. Cornmeal. Tremendously. With a little blackstrap molasses on it. Cornmeal. Cornmeal mush. Is that like a porridge? Yeah. But when you make cornmeal... There you go. Polenta. The cornmeal, you take it and mix it with a little cold water and then pour it into the hot water. Because if you dump the cornmeal dry right in the hot water, it lumps up. So mix it with a little cold water to a paste and then put that into the, like oatmeal. Cooks in two minutes. What's the brand? What do you usually get? Get a good organic, organically grown corn. Arrowhead Mills. Arrowhead Mills, yep. They're good. And the right Polish, where do you buy that one? Health food store, Jolly Joan. Oh, I did sometimes, and sometimes I'll just put a tablespoon in my balanced life food drink every day. And you can add it to your grits. You can add it to your grits? Yeah. Kiss my grits. You can, add, <laughs> you can add it to your grits. You can add it to some oatmeal. You can add it to anything. But it's wonderful. It's a wonderful nerve food. Wonderful, wonderful nerve food. Oatmeal is high in magnesium? It's not uh, one of the higher ones, but yeah, it's a magnesium food, but not one of the highest ones. I found this from the Register General of Great Britain. You know what the Register General of Great Britain? Is that like our Surgeon General of the United States. So he's, he's obviously a big-time shooter. And I quote, No group contributed more to the death rate from intestinal disorders than doctors. <laughs> this, is our, this is their Surgeon General saying this. No group has contributed more to the death rate from intestinal disorders in doctors. Isn't that something? And who do you think the top five deaths from, from intestinal problems, number one rated? Doctors. Who's number two? Bartenders. Third is what? Lawyers. Fourth is what? You'll never get this one. Sailor, seaman. Thank you. And the fifth one is clergy. And that interesting.
You got doctors, bartenders, <laughs> attorneys, seamen, and clergy. Interesting group there. Yeah. Most from Baal. We don't want to go there. <laughs> They're out at sea way too long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, bouncing in your stomach, you don't think that, no matter how, you don't get seasick. You don't think that's doing something to all that. Isn't that lymphocytic to a degree, but I mean, the inside is all, you know what I mean? It's, you know, you're away from land. It's not natural for human beings to be on water for months and months at a time. It's just not a natural thing. Yeah, they don't get a lot of fresh food out at sea, you know. If you just think about it, you'll figure out those factors, but let's not fixate on semen. Okay. Yeah, aloe vera is wonderful. I'm surprised I didn't have that written up. Leeks. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's move along. All right, let's get into the nutrition. All right, we all talked about nutrition. Is it, is it better in Florida? Is it better here somewhere nice? And it's your attitude. And some people said yes. Some people said no, it isn't. So the question is, what is nutrition to you? Hmm? What is nutrition to you? What is nutrition to you? good the way to fortify your mind your body and your soul your spirit that's very good attunement and then absorption attunement and absorption so think what okay what is nutrition diesel fuel Guess that depends on what model you are. <laughs> nutrition in the in the spiritual sense. Remember I said think spiritually. You're all thinking physically, which is good, but also remember the spiritual part. Nutrition is the prana, chi, life force. That's what we're living on. You know, that's why I said the colors of the food are what we're really living on. It isn't the food, it's the color. It's the vibratory rate, it's the energy. Nutrition is energy. Whether it's energy for the physiological structure or energy for the higher refined bodies. It is a form of energy. How do we get that energy? How do we get that life force out of the food? And I, I remember when Phil and, and his group were up there talking about health. I thought I stepped in something wet. They were talking about some about the health, and they said, well, you know, when you're eating animals, besides being a denser form of light, you also might take on the consciousness of that animal, which becomes part of you and the fear and the anxiety and the chemicals and all those emotions as well as the physical stuff literally takes on a part of our body. But the point is, nutrition is easier absorbed in an environment like Rachel was describing as compared to New York City for one reason. It's not just the attitude. Because you can have a really good attitude and still be in New York. You know, it might be easier under a palm tree or something, but some people might find it stressful to sit under a palm tree. They really, you know, there are people like that. They can't sit there. You've been in New York all your life. There's nothing happening here. This is, I can, this is driving me crazy. I can't sit here and watch water. I got, we got to be doing something. You know what I mean? That's going to be stressful to somebody. The difference is, You've got more of the prana available there because you have sunshine, which you've got prana and sunshine. 
you've got movement of water, which creates prana, which also we'll talk about that will change this into ions, negative ions and positive ions. More oxygen, which carries the prana into the body. So that's the reason why. Because in reality, we're eating not for the sake of the fiber and vitamin A and vitamin B and vitamin C and all this stuff. You know why vitamin A is called vitamin A? It was the first one they found. So, yeah, so let's call that vitamin A. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, it's probably one of the most brilliant things to come out of medical science. Yeah. Exactly. And it's hard to, like I was asking Omar earlier, how would he describe a spiritual experience he's had in his life? It's difficult to translate that. What did you say? Words, lost, something. See, you said something brilliant and you forgot it. Talk your good away. Talk your good away. It's, it's kind of hard. We, can, we can't express it and you lose the good in trying to express that. And it's the same thing with this prana, this life force that you're really living on. You're really living on. It's the ability for the body to break down the components and release that life force into the body in the form of light, sound frequencies. Because that's all there is. I mean, you've learned that from me already, haven't you? It's all sound and light. That's all there is, is sound and light currents. So it's the releasing of that vitality globule. The vitality globule is something we're going to learn a little bit more in greater detail tomorrow. I'll probably go into this a little bit more. The vitality globule is the essence of the solar system that exists within every atomic particle. It's the essence of the solar system that lives within every particle, every single molecule. It's that essence. That is what we're looking for. It's like within your heart is that seed atom. Remember I talked about the seed, S-E-E-D, atom that's in the heart that carries all those impressions through all your experiences? Upper left chamber. It's like the beach seed. It's kind of like the beach seed in meditation. The what is it? The beach seed. Biju? Bija. Bija. Oh, bija seed. Okay. I thought you were talking about a movie or something. No, no, the bijou. The bija seed. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever, have you ever laid out in the sun, on the ground, and you, okay, can I finish the question? Have you ever laid out on the ground in the sun and you kind of squint your eyes and look up at the sun and you see all those little stars? Yeah. You're seeing those. Those are real. That's part of the vitality globule. You ever fly in a plane, Rachel? Next time you're in a plane, when you get above the clouds, you can see them real easily oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. When I get above the clouds, I can see those cloud nifts that, that work with seeding the clouds and stuff. I can really see spirits up there. It's, it's so simple, it's ridiculous. When you fly in a plane, when you get above the cloud level, watch, and you'll see them. You just have to fo relax your vision a little bit, and boy, they're everywhere. There's so much life everywhere. If you could just see it. Oh, there's so much life, it's so exciting. So the vitality globule, when you squint and you see those little things that looks like 
six points coming off of it, that's what you're seeing. That's a formation of the six stars, the six points that come together into the center, which is a seventh, which is also represented in the quartz crystals. If you ever see quartz crystals, they have six sides always, and they come to a point, which is a seventh. So it's that, that mystical number. Six is the number of man, woman. Seven is the number of the creator. So in numerology, we'll look at that a little bit more too. All right? So the vitality globule is part of this essence that exists in all of life, and this is what we are striving to get into our body to revitalize and re-energize our life force. Now these are formed of six different particles of light, or what I call the seed of light, what um, is called the chondriana, the seed of light, and these little seeds, six of them form and come to the seventh point, which forms the vitality globule. This is the essence of life. Prana is that energy of what we are living upon. Prana is attached to the oxygen molecule. Where do you store oxygen in the body, doctor? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You don't store oxygen in the body anywhere. It's used all the time. So why breathe? If we don't store it, why should we breathe? Well, because it is like, uh, what is the combustion portion of the, the um, digestion? You need it as a final access through hydrogen. Right. And there's nothing that, there's no excretory process in the body that doesn't happen without oxygen. You've got to have oxygen for excretion. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So, if oxygen isn't stored, I thought about this and said, well, why do we have to breathe? What is the point of breathing? Has anybody here ever lifted weights? When you lift weights, what do, what do you do along with lifting weights? You breathe. Now, is it the oxygen giving energy to the legs in order to lift? No. Because that breath takes 22 seconds for that oxygen to get down to your feet takes 12 seconds to get to your arms. You've already lifted and dropped in that time. What is that power coming from? Prana. And when we breathe, that oxygen is carrying that pranic energy into the body. And it takes 12 seconds to get down there. I mean, to the arms, 22 seconds for that oxygen, once you breathe it in, to make a circulation down into the feet. It's happening like that. You can't even think how fast that prana is moving in the body. The prana is the energy that's moving life. It is life. It isn't the food. It isn't the oxygen. Those are simply carriers of that energy source that is really the thing that is keeping life going on this planet, including the rocks, the stars, the trees. And by the way, trees store a tremendous amount of prana. Tremendous amount of prana. Why do they say when you're sick, go somewhere where there's a lot of trees? Go by the ocean. Moving water. Air moving, circulating. A lot of prana. It, it isn't about being in a cleaner atmosphere. That's important, yes. But it's the availability of that pranic life force, that energy, that chi, 
that is going to really revitalize the human spirit and body. So when you start thinking about this and you're looking at food, it's how much pranic force can that food carry? So why do you say an apple a day keeps the doctor away? Why? Why apple? Why wasn't it a peach a day keeps the doctor away? Why wasn't it a pear? Why wasn't it a hamburger a day? Why? Because the apple has chronic force. Why? 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 It's the highest food in nascent oxygen on the planet. It's the highest food with that oxygen, which is the highest product. So an apple a day keeps the doctor away. It's great for what else? The bowels. It helps excretory elimination. It's helping that exchange. Because oxygen at the other end becomes what? Carbon dioxide, CO2. We start excreting. So the excretory process is a, is a very important thing. Very important thing. So when we're... When I'm looking at something, there are four things, issues I want to address. And this is what Dr. Jensen taught me. First is the nerves. Second is the blood. Third, circulation. Fourth, enervation. The first thing that you want to deal with yourself, because you are the most important patient you'll ever have in your life, or I'll say client. Patient is a patented word for the MDs. So we'll say client. The first thing you need to address is your nervous system. Why? It's a control of the function. It's where you're conscious. It's your consciousness. It's your consciousness. Rupshan? Just say the one word. Prana. Prana. <laughs> Because that's how the prana is, is filtered into the body. It's through the nervous system. And the nadis. But the nadis deliver it to the, through the nervous system. Prana is stripped off of the oxygen molecule and digestive process and delivered to the nervous system, which then takes it to the nadis, to the chakras. And it happens so fast you can't even think about it. Oxygen takes time. Oxygen takes time. If you could store one... Let's use a unit. One unit of oxygen in the heart, the same amount of space would store a million units of prana. Wow. This is what you're living on, folks. This is the essence of what you are living on. Eating an apple back there? Good girl. They're munching their apples and pressing the teacher, but nobody brought the teacher an apple. Yes, I did. Yes, you did, and it's... It's here. The way you, if you, if you want to ever find me, just follow the trails of apples that look like this. Uh -huh. Sherry goes in the car, and I've got an apple three quarters eaten. And there's one at the clinic, and it's sitting on my desk. It's three quarters eaten. So the first thing we address is the nervous system. From the esoteric standpoint, it's because it has to do with the translation of prana into the physiology of the body. 
from a strictly physiological standpoint, the nervous system, without it, nothing is controlled. <coughs> it takes nervous energy to move my finger. It takes a tremendous amount of communication through the nervous system for me to walk back and forth and look at you and blink my eyes and move my hands and talk and think and hear at the same time. There's so, so much electrical energy that's happening there, we can't even fathom the amount of energy that's being used. And where do we expend more energy on our physical body every day than anywhere else? The digestive system. The caloric intake. You use more calories for digestion than probably any other activity you do. Even exercising. Exactly. So that's what I'm talking about. If we're using, if we're taking in a, a potential 500 units of energy in our food, but we're expending a thousand units of energy to ext extract that energy out of the food, this is what's called the aging process. And there are people making millions of dollars on anti-aging, slow down, reverse the aging. Haven't you seen this everywhere? Because everybody wants a fountain of youth. Everybody wants to live forever, but nobody wants to work for it. And in this life, anything you want to have, if you want to have it and, and appreciate it, you're going to work for it. That's what this class is. I mean, to get to the end of where you want to be, it's, it's not a hop, skip, and a jump. It's work. And it's the hardest, person, hardest client you'll ever have is yourself. If you can work on that one, boy, the other ones will be easy. And it'll make your job a lot easier because you will understand it in your heart and in your spirit because you have lived it and experienced it. And that's the difference. All right? So we take care of the nerves, first thing. What's one of the best foods you just heard about? Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you, Miriam. Rice polishings. Oops, excuse me. Rice polishings. You want to go buy a vitamin B complex and hope that somebody made it right and put everything in balance the way nature intended, or you want to get it from a food source? Brewer's yeast is another one. But it's not really good for women to eat too much brewer's yeast. Brewer's yeast. Brewer, like you're brewing up a pot of tea. Yeast. Yeast, like yeast in the uh, yeast, brewer's yeast. But I used to use a lot, and what happened is I, had a, I developed candida from, from eating it. Yeah. So I said, women, brewer's yeast isn't so hot for women. Magnesium foods for the nervous system. Oat straw tea. Oat straw tea. Oat straw tea. Absolutely. Oat straw, horsetail. Very good for the nervous system. But actually, that was very nice of you to say that, Rupshan. But for the nervous system itself, it's, it's, it's more for the conductivity of the nervous system. So in a sense, yes, it is. But for feeding the nerves, it isn't a specific nerve food. But for the conductivity and the electrical carrying of the nerves, so yes, it is part of the nervous system. What else? That's a pretty generic answer, but I'll accept that one. What color? Yellow. For the nerves. Yellow. Oh, for the nerves. Nerves. Oh, yellow is stimulating. Stimulating. Blue. 
Blue. Absolutely blue. Blue foods. Blue foods. White potato. White potato is actually blue. Blue blueberries. Plums. Huh? Is that sedating the colors, or is that the reason? No, it's it's that's sedating. It's actually feed feed the nerves. You'll find a B complex in that range too, the spectrum. Blue vervain. Did somebody say that? Blue vervain. Eggplant. Very nice. Eggplant. I should have been dead. It is. Some people can't tolerate it. I have no problem with it at all. I love eggplant. If people have trouble with nightshades, they've got parasites. Probably the protozoa family. Look in the protozoa family. If they have trouble with potatoes, eggplant, tomatoes, uh, any of the nightshade, you you find look for the protozoa com family, and you're going to find that they have protozoa somewhere in their body. They can't. They, that's been what I've found over my years of practice that people with the protozoa can't deal with nightshade. So you take them off nightshade, get rid of the. Well, there's. I use a few different homeopathics. Depends on the person. I have to check them. One works for one, one night. I got about ten different things for that. So it depends on the, on the person. When we get into the herbs and stuff in homeopathics, I'll tell you all that. And then you have to check with the pendulum or energetically or muscle testing. You know, we do, we're going to do contact reflex analysis and that. So you'll be able to have a way of determining which one's going to work for that individual. All right, the blood. What do we want to do for the blood? What do I mean by blood? It has to be clean and chemically balanced. It has to be clean and chemically balanced. Because circulation has to do with the blood too, right? But it's a different category. So we want the blood clean and chemically balanced, and then we want to circulate it. We don't want to circulate toxic, funky blood. So in order to take care of the blood, we have to take care of, first of all, Digestive system, because what's going to go into the bowel, into the blood. And a lot of people have that uh, leaky gut syndrome and don't know it. It's a gut that leaks. It basically, yes. Basically, yes. And when you see iridology, you'll be able to see that in the eyes, and it's pretty amazing when you see it in the eyes. And it, it, it's a matter of are the things dripping into the system or are they flooding into the system? With all those bowel things we talked about, anything to help the bowel colonics is one of the best things, flaxseed enema, wheatgrass juice. I mean, pretty much any question I ask you, if you say wheatgrass juice, it's, it's going to help whatever it is. <laughs> wheatgrass juice is amazing. It's very healing to the bowel. And, um, oh, geez, you know, I just thought of that herb. I didn't write it down for the bowel. What's that one for leaky gut? It's specifically for it. No. Uh, it's kind of laxative. Uh -uh, laxative works on the liver and gallbladder. Senna is cathartic, too strong and cathartic. Licorice root is good for the bowel, too. A good one. No, it's uh, one that just came out of South America. No. Cat's claw. Cat's claw. That's it. Oh, it's wonderful for leaky bowel, leaky gut syndrome. Cat's meow, cat's claw. Uno de gato, yes, that's what it's called. Uno de gato. 
<clears throat> it's wonderful. As a matter of fact, a Hispanic man is the first one I heard it from. He sent it to me before I even saw it in any papers. So uno de gato, cat's claw is wonderful for that. Very good for that. It's better. Mm -hmm. All right. So the blood, we want to make sure the digestive system first and foremost because that's feeding the blood, right? And if the bowel, as Jesse was sharing with us, uh, we do absorb a lot of water and minerals that still are absorbed through that. And at what point does the body stop absorbing or it shouldn't be absorbing in the large intestine? From the navel over to the transverse to the descending. Up here, there's still some stuff. And we have peristalsis, but in the ascending, we have, remember, the reverse peristalsis, which is kind of churning it up and down. All right? So we want to make sure the digestive system is ordered to feed the blood. Because if we're trying to, um, somebody has real toxic blood and coagulated and all this stuff, and we give them red clover, which is a wonderful blood thinner. It's a natural blood thinner, better than aspirin. A good strong cup of red clover, clover tops tea a day is a wonderful blood thinner. If you take a couple of, two or three cups of a strong red clover, I mean like double two teaspoons per cup and a tea, and one cup of red clover seed tea every day. It'll dissolve blood clots. And it dissolves them one piece at a time, one cell at a time, so you don't end up with just two medium-sized clots instead of one big one. What about red, red clover? clover you could use that. Just make it into a tea. Three cups of red clover tea and one cup of red clover seed tea a day for blood clots. If they are on Coumadin or some kind of blood thinner, you got to watch it because you don't want to thin their blood too much. All right? And then we want it chemically balanced. So we got to balance it chemically with the right nutrition, which we know all about nutrition. And the more our nutrition is balanced, it translates into more what, Rupshan? Prana. Just say prana next time I say that. <laughs> Since you got that answer once, I figured you'd come back with it. The ability to utilize the prana. The amount of prana that is available in the atmosphere is a lot easier in a sunshiny, moving water environment. Also, you know where else you get high levels of prana? When you maybe Under the ocean. Climbing on a mountain Because there is a lot of Snow. Snow. Snow stores prana also. That's why I walk barefoot in the snow. I love it. Oh, man, it's revitalizing. I'm telling you, your feet only are cold just for the first few seconds. I'm not kidding you. And they go numb. I can walk in the snow, and I'll do, when I come in the house, you feel my feet, and they're not cold. Because all it's doing is pushing the blood out. And if you're doing your breathing, you're going to circulate that blood, and my feet get warm as toast. You can stand in that snow for five, ten minutes, no problem. Barefooted. Barefooted, yeah. I was out on her porch this morning on Sheila's porch. It was cold out there and hailing, and I'm standing out there with my bare feet on her little flower pot. I'm standing in her flower pot <laughs> digging around in the earth. Need the ground. You need to get into that earth every day.
And what? To get some prana. I'm trying to get some prana. I'm trying to revitalize myself, trying to energize my chakras, trying to get ready, trying to let myself become a receptacle so that I can bring this information in and share it. And there's a difference between that and channeling. What? The purpose for holding a tree is this thing. I'm going to tell you. I'm using this man's body right now. Purpose for hugging a tree. Yes, it releases prana to you. It's its way of giving you love. Life. Love and life. I did that once. I, I allowed somebody to come into me one time. It almost killed me. We were in a, about that movie. Somebody was talking about the movie. I mean, it was. Boy, the information was powerful, but as soon as I came back in my body, I dropped on the ground and was paralyzed. I couldn't. I felt like I, my whole body was like a rock. No, no, and I was doing this in a class like this. There was about 13 people. I had a spiritual class we meet once a week. And they asked me to do that. And I said, I'll never do that again. To do what? To hug a tree? No, to give up yourself, to allow yourself to become a channel. How do trees get involved in this? Trees are innocent. Trees didn't do anything. Trees are sweet. They're wonderful. They store prana. They love you. Leave the trees alone. And they're hard to channel, too. Okay, I'm going to channel an oak tree now. But, you know, trees, you go to trees because there's a lot more what? Oxygen. Oxygen carries the prana. You see, it makes sense, doesn't it? Especially pine trees. Real good pine tree. Pine tree sap. Like when I go in the mountains, I always take a little of that sap off the pine tree and I put it in my mouth. Yeah. It just it releases an energy that's just very powerful. And it's that crystallized prana. You just allow it. How do you allow somebody to come in your door? You open it. <laughs> okay, blood chemically balanced and clean. Circulation means the movement. We know about that from lymphocyzing. Things have to move. The best blood in the world can't help your eyes if it's not getting there. The best blood in the world isn't going to help your memory and brain if it's not getting up there. And when you get up to 25, 30 years old, it becomes harder and harder for that old heart to pump it down to the feet and up to the head. That's why we use the slanting board. All right? Enervation means what? Sapping. Tired. They're enervated. They're, wi they're wiped out. A tired body isn't going to heal. Cancer patients, I say, sunset, you're in bed. I don't care if you're listening to the radio, you don't have to go to sleep, but when that sun goes down, so should you. When that sun comes up, you come up again. Absolutely. They need, yeah. Or anybody who's, you know, pretty out there, pretty their immune system's pretty shot, they need to rest. Optimum healing happens when you sleep. I've told you that before. Optimum healing happens when you sleep. And I'll go into a little more of the esoteric explanation of that at a different time. It's a separation of the astral body, the causal body, and the physical bodies, and that allows the energies to interpenetrate you. But remember the invisible helpers. Are you, spill, are you having trouble here? You just keep spilling on yourself on the floor? Jeez, old pizza. Yeah, help this lady out here. 
so the innervation, if someone is tired, they're not going to heal. You can give them all the herbs and homeopathics if the body is, just needs to rest. There's a time where you just need to rest. You just need to rest. And I was talking to, to someone on the phone. I was talking to Karen, you know, from the res, on the phone. And we were having a conversation, and, and this sentence came out of me. I said, my God, what? I said, do you remember that? I'm trying to write it down because it was beautiful. It was a wonderful saying, and it was talking about this exact same situation. I, it, it, loosely, I said, isn't it something that we feel bad that we're not accomplishing anything because we're not doing anything? Something like that. Right. You know, oh boy, I, you know, you laid around, you relaxed, you made your juice, you didn't maybe watch some television, listen to radio, and you say, geez, boy, I feel bad, I haven't done anything all day. <laughs> and that's the New Yorker trying to lay under the palm tree in Florida. What did I accomplish today? I didn't do anything. I just sat around the house. Well, that's accomplishing a lot. Why do we feel bad about taking time to just be nice with ourselves and be with ourselves, we feel guilty about it. I didn't do anything today. Oh, I didn't accomplish anything. You accomplish regeneration of cells. You accomplish relaxation. You accomplish your body being happy that it was having the time to heal itself and that it wasn't running around and doing all these things. Remember I told you about the one cancer patient that you know, came in and said he's feeling great, and I said, fine, but still, bed at sundown, don't have your energy going out everywhere else. Think of it as a bank account. You know, you run it dry. But sometimes if you walk, if you emphasize, you know, you move <coughs> yourself. So if you stay in bed too long, you don't emphasize at all. <laughs> Are you kidding? I don't emphasize in bed. As soon as I wake up, I'm emphasizing. First thing I do is start emphasizing as soon as I wake up. Thank you, God. I'm alive. <sighs> Let that breath of life come into me. Thank you, birds, for your songs this morning. Thank you, sun, for your light this morning. Thank you, plants, for your life this morning. Thank you. You know, I, d I just lay and take some breaths, lymphocytes, and give thanks. Thanks for my life, and thanks for all the things that are that are available to us. You know, thanks to the rocks and the snakes and the birds and everything. Yeah, you know, give a little prayer every morning. You'll be amazed what it'll do for you. For, but for people that don't know, if they stay a long time in bed, maybe it's better that they move a little and they walk. And they yeah. Like well, we got to get one of those beds that vibrates. Really? Yeah. Just rock like this. It'd be like this, yeah. <laughs> Except while you're laying down. What? Oh, one of those that tilts. But I mean, a, a bed that would do this in a prone position. I mean, it would it would be like bouncing you. You know, it would shake you like this. It'd be great. You ever see another motion like that on bed? Most of you, it's been a while? <laughs> Interesting group here, Jason. I don't know. Yes, yes. That's what I mean. When, you go to, when you're warming the sheets before you lay down, you do that. You go. It's been a while, but I, I remember it. Are you married? Oh, I didn't know you were married. No, no, no. See, Andy's been doing it on a regular basis. <laughs> Yay, Andy! Right on, brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what we're talking about, Andy. It's not the size, it's the motion. You can do it in a single bed or you can do it in a king size bed. It's not the size, it's the motion, Andy. Okay. You're doing what in bed? Is this by yourself, Andy? Okay. That's more like this motion. Okay. I'm just... I knew you were pulling Andy. Okay, well, I'm sorry. He just keeps going deeper, doesn't he? He just keeps going deeper. It's that cell memory, Andy. It's that cell memory. See, I did this. The cell memories came up. You started sweating. I'm telling you. Okay, let's try from the top. What are you doing in bed, Andy? but it's kind of a serious thing. What if we did have a little device that kind of just would, it, at least or the mattress or any, you know, just kind of that movement for invalids or people who can't get out of bed. I mean, I know it would make a tremendous difference. Just that movement, you know, is moving their lymph. And it's forcing more oxygen. And if they have an oxygen thing on or if you can get them to start breathing deeply, I think we could get people out of bed that are invalid in a shorter period of time. But these are just inventions that come through my head that I really think would be a 